Welcome everyone to the American Nomad podcast. I am your host, the American Nomad, Rav Holly. It is good to have you here this Wednesday. What is it, June 16th? My God, this month is flying by. Can't believe it's already uh, half this month is already uh, here and went. Anyway, uh, glad to have you join us uh, today. I uh, just wanted to talk a little bit about, oh, hold on, we got a light up here. Let's see. Something is. I don't know what that is. Hold on just a second. Let me do some adjusting here. That's better. See like a glow up there in the top uh the top of my uh screen to the uh left hand corner on my screen. Anyway, uh thanks for joining me here today. Let's see who we got in here. Uh, we got stream elements. We got the moderator in here for stream elements, the chat bot. Anyway, I just wanted to talk a little bit today about uh, the state of California reopening uh, yesterday. Uh, some why everything seems to be reopening. I ended up working last week uh, on a new Bella Thorne music video. It's going to be lit assistant director, just like the last one. Um, it's amazing how far that girl has come uh, in her creative endeavors and her the way she's doing things. Uh, when we first met and I first arrived on set for the first music video for Phantom I did with her, I'm not going to say we saw eye to eye. I'm not sure we even really liked each other. We respected each other because we had a job to do, but it was her production, uh, which I fully understood that. So whatever she wanted to do, I fell in line with that. But man, this time around, she's really uh, coming into her own as a director. And uh, I have much respect. I have a lot of respect for her. I'm not going to say I had that respect when I very first met her. Or, you know, there's a lot of things about Bella in the media. And a lot of that stuff is not such a positive light. So any celebrity I've ever worked with, ever met, you always have a, uh, you always have your media impression of them from what you've read in the media, what you've heard in the media, uh, compared to what you, when you actually meet them and work with them. Uh, another perfect example of that was Stephanie, AKA, AKA Lady Gaga. So, uh, never judge it that, you know, they always talk about don't ever judge a book by its cover. Don't ever have an impression of a celebrity, um, uh, unless you actually meet that celebrity and know them. I know everybody in the general public, you get these, uh, you know, celebrities do things for notoriety. They do things to keep their name in the media and stuff. And you just have this idea that you actually have a good idea of who they are. And you feel like, you know, them because you read articles about them and stuff. But the truth of the matter is I can tell you from meeting, I met, Tons and tons and tons of celebrities have some of them in my phone. And what I've learned uh, with working with celebrities directly is never judge them uh, based on what their media persona is. Another perfect example of that is Spencer and Heidi Pratt. Uh, I got to work with them again about, I guess it's a month ago now. And I've known them since the Hills. And, uh, you know, Spitzer, I used to tell people, you know, back in the day, like 2008, 2009, people would, you know, that's when the Hills was huge on MTV and people would talk about what a douche canoe that, that Pratt was, that, uh, 
Spencer was. And I was like, you know, if you knew him in person, he's really not that bad of a guy. He's actually a pretty good hearted guy. And people would literally dislike me just because I said that. They're like, you just don't know him. I'm like, no, you don't know him. That's the problem. You are watching what producers want you to watch on a TV show, which is completely different than the person in real life. I'm not going to say it's all the way different, but uh, you can never really judge a celebrity on what you're finding out through uh, a media interpretation of who they really are. Because anybody can put on any kind of persona. Perfect example of that is a big person, a big persona thing that used to, I used to talk about a lot was Paris Hilton, uh, because she used to put on that little baby act, you know, back when she was doing, uh, her, her Paris show, uh, on MTV or whatever it was, she was always, you know, doing the baby talk and stuff like that. And I'm like, if you meet that girl in real life, she's actually a really smart businesswoman. Uh, that's just a little, you know, persona that she has for that show. Which, you know, now it's all come out. She's admitted to that. But people really thought that that's who she was in real life, uh, was this little ditzy blonde. And I can tell you firsthand, Paris Hilton is not a ditzy blonde. She's far, far from it. But she plays a ditzy blonde really well. So people get that. A lot of people have gotten that impression of her. But she's a multi, multi-millionaire on her own, not just on her family name. Now, she used her family name to get her notoriety. But she's worked her buns off to uh, make her own way in the world doing her own things. So I have a lot of respect for Paris Hilton as well. And the same goes for Bella. Uh, if you watch uh, Bella's Instagram and her social media, Bella Thorns, you know, she's, uh, you know, she's, she puts out this little thug persona or, you know, I don't know what it is, but this little rock thug persona, but she's really, really level-headed girl. Hate to disappoint you. Anyway, uh, so anyway, I was in, we shot this music video for Bella up in the Hollywood Hills, up in the Laurel Canyon area, which is an area that I absolutely love. Uh, a lot of old rock history, like the mamas and the papas, um, you know, up in that area, the doors back in the day, up in that area, a lot of the old rock icons from the seventies, you know, they were all up in that Laurel Canyon, Hollywood Hills area or the, the Hollywood Hills, Laurel Canyon area. So I do love being up in that area. Uh, it's just, a, it's so hard to believe because you can just look right down on like Hollywood and Los Angeles right below you when you're up in that area. And, but you just seem like you're in some other world when you get up there in the top of those canyon or up in the top of those hills. It just seems like you're a million miles from, uh, it just seems like you're a million miles from Los Angeles when you're up there, but you're right there in Los Angeles, just at the top of the hills. Anyway, uh, after the video wrapped, uh, I was going to haul tail it back to the OC to get out of Los Angeles because Los Angeles is pretty chaotic these days. But I decided I haven't really been around Hollywood or anything since, you know, the pandemic started. So I decided to get myself, you know, out about and see what was going on. So I took my one wheel and rode down to Hollywood Boulevard expecting to just be able to cruise around, you know, unimpeded once I got to Hollywood. Boy, was I wrong. It is just like olden times. The, 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 uh, the tourists are back. First off, the tourists are back, uh, walking around aimlessly, looking around. 
Uh, it's so funny, dude. Tourists. I mean, I've been that tourist, so I can't, you know, dog on them too much. Cause I've been that guy, you know, going to cities I've never been to. And you just kind of walk around aimlessly looking in awe at everything. So it's so funny how annoying it is though, to people that are low, <laughs> to people that are locals, you know, I've, I've been, but like I said, I've been that guy. So I try not to be too mean to the tourist and, uh, we need them, you know, any city that, any city that thrives on the tourist industry, Los, An- Los Angeles being one of the major ones, uh, New York, any of these major metropolitan areas that thrive, uh, that, that brings in a lot of income from the tourist industry, you have to have those tourists. So it was really actually good to see them just packed in Hollywood Boulevard, dude. You can tell they're tourists too, because people in California have a certain way about them and, you know, usually a certain look. So you you know, one out of 10 people I can pick out pretty quickly if they're California locals. And sometimes, you know, they're California locals, but they may be from up north, you know, St. Louis Obispo or even further north as far as, you know, Fresno or San Francisco or Sacramento. And they come down to L.A. and hang out and uh, fill into that tourist, uh, the tourist thing. But what you get is like, I don't know, it's like even a, even a Texas vibe or Midwestern vibe or, you know, they've got a different way about them. So you can pick out the California natives from the locals pretty much. And I would say out on Hollywood Boulevard this weekend, I would say it's probably 60 to 70% tourist uh, and maybe 30 to 40% locals. So there were a lot, a lot, a lot of tourists out there. Matilda, oh my God. I was just asking a random nomad about you. Uh, the, the chat, Joe Alderado, random nomad. I was asking them about you about two weeks ago because I hadn't seen you and I was worried about you. I'm glad to see you back. Uh, yes, it has been a while. You're home again, but I was traveling with poor reception. I need to catch up on all I've missed. I'm so happy you were traveling. Where all did you go? You got to let me know. So I'm just talking about, uh, you know, are you back in LA? You're back uh, up in Pomona. Is it Pomona? I believe you're in Pomona, right? Um, and, you know, Los Angeles is opening back up. I went into a diner today with no mask on into a 7-Eleven with no mask on. And I carry it in my pocket, but I am very adamant about not wearing a mask if I don't have to, just for the simple fact is Californians are so attached to their masks. And until people stop wearing them, it's never going to change. We're going to be wearing masks forever. So I go everywhere I go to shock people and I get some dirty, dirty looks, dude, wearing, not wearing a mask. I went into a 7-Eleven to get a big gulp while ago and some older lady, probably in her late fifties, early sixties, she looked at me like I was the devil himself. She was so angry. She didn't say anything, but man, you could see it all over her face. And then this weekend, I don't Hollywood Boulevard, the great thing about, uh, the tourist on Hollywood Boulevard None of them were wearing masks. So that was another reason. There's another way you could pick out the locals from the tourist. 
because the tourists were none of them were a mask, but you had all of the, you know, the people that were running around Hollywood Boulevard, you could tell they worked like around there somewhere, probably at one of the, you know, restaurants or taco stands or something because they're in their masks. And you could tell they were pretty taken aback by how many people were out on Hollywood Boulevard. And as far as masks go, I call them face diapers, uh, little face blankies like Linus from uh, Peanuts. Got to have your, your Californians, they got to have their face blankies. The only thing that Californians love more than their face blankie is the government telling them what to do. But anyway, uh, yeah, uh, so I went into Popeye's Chicken. I rode my one wheel all the way to Popeye's Chicken to go in there because I was craving Popeye's because there's, I don't know, there's one here as well, but you can't eat indoors. So I was looking at forward to the one there in Hollywood on Hall. It's a real, it's actually right on Hollywood Boulevard and it's got a decent sized dining room. So I was really looking forward to dropping into Popeye's and eating some Popeye's chips, sitting in the restaurant, eating some Popeye's chicken. Cause I always get it and I have to set out on a curb somewhere in the parking lot, you know, and eat my chicken, you know, on a sidewalk. So I was really looking forward to sitting down in the restaurant and eating my Popeye's chicken. I get there and this Popeye's used to stay open till four in the morning. Lo and behold, I got there at 8.38, and the dining room closed at 8.30. So, again, I got my Popeye's chicken, and I ended up searching for just a place I could sit on the sidewalk, sit on the side of the sidewalk on the street and eat my chicken. And then uh, I didn't wear a mask in there, which was hilarious because I watched the, the last of the diners finish up their chicken to leave. Because the dining room is closed. They closed the dining room and none of them were wearing masks. But the manager took issue with me because I was standing in line without a mask on. Uh, Matilda says, I'm back in SoCal, was gone a month and moving to 10. Oh my God, you're moving to Tennessee? Then please say Nashville and don't say Memphis. Not that I have anything against Memphis, but Memphis has gotten pretty rough. Memphis was always a rough town, but it's gotten a lot worse the last decade. But it used to be a really nice town. I shot uh, God, the, the Madison Hotel. There's a historic hotel in downtown Memphis called the Madison Hotel. And I did all of their advertising, the photography for their advertising brochures back in 2004 or five, maybe way back then. I just had a digital camera. Uh, yes, Matilda. I'm so glad masks are done. Me too. Chattanooga. Lucky you. That's a good place to move, Matilda. Lucky, lucky you. Yeah, I had uh, planned to be out of California myself, but man, I don't know if it's going to happen. I wonder where Random Nomad is. That's so funny because last week, uh, my show's kind of like, I haven't been consistent with it, so it's just kind of like fell off. And last week, it was just me and Random Nomad. He's probably still at work. I'm sending him a headset. Now I feel bad, uh, Matilda, because you're the one that always uh, have pitched into the show more or less than anybody else. But Random Nomad's he's one of the loyals too. So I have an extra headset that's an older headset that was with my Xbox, and my Xbox got stolen when they broke into my truck. So I don't have a, I don't really have a use for that headset anymore. So I'm sending it to random nomad so he can use it with uh, hopefully he can get an Xbox or something so we can play some call of duty. I promised to send it to him 
about a month ago, month and a half ago. And then my printer went out, so I couldn't print my postage. So I've just been procrastinating on that. But today I actually went to the post office. I rode my one wheel like three miles to the post office and shipped his freaking headset. So hopefully he'll get it here in a few days. Yes, Chattanooga, Chattanooga is beautiful, Matilda. Good for you. Lucky, lucky you. All of that country up there, you know, the Smoky Mountains in Tennessee, dude, I've been all over the United States and that area up there, you know, it's where Dolly Parton, you know, she's from up in the Smoky Mountains up there. It's a different little world up there. You know, even Missouri, you get up to Branson, Missouri, which is north of Arkansas. Like if you get up to Bentonville, Arkansas, where the Walmart headquarters are, which is way north Arkansas, and then up into, uh, you know, Missouri, it's it's beautiful up in that area. It's really hilly and tree, a lot of trees. They they call Austin, Texas, the hill country of Austin, Texas, and it is, but it's just not near on the level. It's not near on the level as like uh you know the Smoky Mountains of Tennessee and uh, Branson, Missouri, and even like, uh, you know, like I said, like Bentonville, Arkansas, when you get up in there, all of those big trees and it's very foresty and it's really nice. And Chattanooga is really beautiful. Old, that's old Tennessee right there. And it's really, really nice. So when are, when are you moving Matilda? I, I had planned on being out of California right after the first of the year and I was going to get me a big motor, a big motor bus, as you guys know, and that just never happened. And now I've spent the money that I was going to use on the motorboat on the bus. So I'm kind of stuck. I had a, I had a window that I was really working hard to try to find the right bus. And I guess it's used to the universe telling me that that wasn't the right move because it just never, ha- never could get it to play out. I'd even, you know, some of you guys know I'd already found a bus it was the one I want, which was a 40-foot Monaco Dynasty with a 8.3 Cummins diesel in it with a Allison transmission. It was a beautiful, beautiful bus. I bought a plane ticket to fly to, uh, to fly out to Arizona to buy it, to pick it up. And they sold it while I was on my way to the airport. I got a text saying the bus sold when they were supposed to be holding it for me. Have loved Cali, but it's changed too much. Absolutely. I, t- I completely agree with you, Matilda. I still, you know, being out on Hollywood Boulevard this weekend, I still have a love for California, but it's just, it's fell off so much, man. I think California for me, because I used to have a huge love affair with this city. I mean, I used to love Los Angeles. Uh, and you know, all the stuff I've done and all the fun I've had, all the people that I've met, the celebrities I've hung out with and, you know, the movies I've worked on and the TV shows I've worked on, that's all stuff I would have never gotten a chance to do if I would have stayed living in Dallas after I got divorced. But moving out here opened up a whole new realm for me that would have been probably impossible anywhere else I'd lived. And, uh, moving out here really uh, in so many ways was a blessing. And I have such, you know, I've had such a love affair with California, but California to me reminds me of like, uh, a luxury sports car. I've had a few luxury sports cars and even Harley Davidson motor. Well, not my Harleys, but like luxury sports cars. Perfect. It's a perfect example. When you get them, they're like your baby. You love them. Uh, you wash them all the time. You take care of them. Uh, they stay in good, 
they stay good, in good shape and, uh, you know, they're beautiful cars, but then over the years they get older, you know, the headlight gets broken and you don't fix it. And then they just keep de deteriorating, deteriorating. Then one day you walk out in that beautiful sports car they used to have, you know, you look at it and you're like, it's kind of a piece of shit. Now it's not really a great looking car. I mean, does my beeper work? Can you guys hear that? If I say F you, if I say F you, F you, you met me. That's all. That's all you. Oh, GD Torres. I couldn't have missed you, dude. That's all I needed. Yeah. Speak English, Puerto Rican. Uh, you met me. That's all you needed. That's right. GT. Of course, you live in Florida now with all the other Florida hicks. With all the with all the other Trump supporters, GT Torres. I'm just messing with you, buddy. Actually, the funny thing is, is GT Torres there that just popped in. Uh, he is GT was I want to say. Damn, I think GT was probably one of the first one or two, three people I met in California when I first came to California. You know what, GT? You were the very first person I met in California because you picked me up at the airport. That's crazy. 15 years ago, dude. GT, the dude, you can't miss him from Facebook there. His head's like the size of a freaking basketball. Uh, not the little basketball for the eighth graders, the big ones that like LeBron, LeBron James plays with. Uh, yeah, he was the very first person that I met in California because he actually picked me up. April of 2006, no, November of 2006 at the airport when I flew into California to uh, interview with GT's daddy, Kim Pavia, about a job for this company, MMA agents that we both used to work for. And then he got a, he got married. Uh, yes, I was picked. <laughs> yes, I was picked your hippily ass up. Uh, I, dude, the last 15 years, brother, I've lived in California. You're the one that lives in BFE, Florida, uh, with all the hillbillies. But it was funny because uh, we worked together for and with MMA agents for a few years. And then GT just up and moved to Florida. I don't even know how that happened. I know he got married and got a wife, which we all used to be friends and hang out. And all of a sudden, GT just went up and was like, oh, I'm moving to Florida. I'm like, what? All the way across the United States. And his 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 ghetto Puerto Rican uh, ass is from California. He's a California native. So it's not like he was one of the, it's not like he just moved a year or two ago to escape the famine that's going on. He was out of here years ago. When did you move, GT? You moved to what, 2009, 2010 or something like that? Long time ago. I guess he saw, I guess GT was one of the smart ones. He actually saw what was going to happen in California and he got the hell out while the getting was good. <laughs> When's the last time you've been back to LA GT? I know you went to Vegas a few, a few months ago, but when have you been to LA? 2013 is the last time you've been to LA. Oh, you, oh, you moved in 2013. Okay. When's the last time you've been to LA? When was the last time you've been like down in LA? Two years ago? Okay. Lots changed in two years, brother. I bet you thought it was pretty bad two years ago. A lot has changed in two years. I'm going to tell you how bad it's gotten in LA. 
So here in my office building, which is a really pretty nice office building in Orange County, we're right by the college. We're right by Cal State Fullerton College. As a matter of fact, uh, State College Boulevard is right here, and then Orange Thorpe is right here. So I'm right at the corner of State College and Orange Thorpe in a really nice office complex. Around my building, they've broken into my truck. They've broken into, we have a sandwich shop down on the ground floor and they've broken into the sandwich shop and they've broken in all the major bill, all the major companies around here have all got a window broken out where they've been broken into and robbed. So it's crazy. And even in Orange County, we're not in LA. There's like a homeless guy living out in front of our building on the grass. I was, I took my dog out to walk earlier and he's out there just living life on the grass. Uh, GT graduated from Cal State Fullerton. That's hard to believe, dude, that they take, they would take, I guess they'll take anybody at Cal State Fullerton. I just lost so much respect for them. I thought they were a pretty good college, but I guess they're pretty shitty college. <laughs> I'm just kidding you, man. Yeah, it's a, it's a great little school. It's very popular. Uh, Cal State Long Beach and Cal State Fullerton. And I think Cal State Fullerton is more prestigious. I'm not going to get into that argument. I mean, people argue with you about this. Uh, I think Cal State Fullerton is a little bit more prestigious than Cal State Long Beach because Long Beach is in Los Angeles County. Uh, Cal State Fullerton is in Orange County. Everybody knows Orange County is a, uh, on the up and up, on the move up from Los Angeles County. So, Matilda, when are you moving to Chattanooga? Man, that's a long move. So many people are moving, man. So many people are leaving L.A. That's insane. Or just the area, California in general. I can't even believe GT graduated, especially from college. That's crazy. So what are you doing out in Florida now, GT? Are you working for a sports agency out there? I've never completely figured out what you're doing out there. You're looking for a house now. Going to bed, buddy. I'm old. Love you, brother. Jesus Christ. It's only 730. It's 1030 over there. Man, you are old. In bed by 1030. Wow. I remember when me and GT was getting, getting out of the shower to go out at like 1130, 12 o'clock. Back in the day. It's what happens when you get married with kids. Have a good week, GT. Good to see you, man. Thanks for dropping in. I'm an occupational therapist working with old folks. Bitch, you are old folks. How are you working with old folks? That doesn't even make sense. I'm just kidding. Well, that's cool, man. That's that's a good, that's, that's a great gig to have in Florida, man. <laughs> uh, you'll never have to worry about being out of work. Uh, Matilda says market is crazy right now. Anything affordable sells like in 24 hours. Why I can't see JT's comments or GT's. Oh, GT's on Facebook. Oh, I forget you guys can't see. That's crazy how that works. Yeah. GT's he's on Facebook and Matilda, you're on YouTube. I'm, I'm, I'm simulcasting this through YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. So you guys are on two different platforms. That's why you're not seeing GT's comments. 
I'm skipped to know. I didn't even know that. I thought just everybody showed up in the one chat because I can see everybody's chat. Yeah, the the market is crazy right now, Matilda. We were talking about that last week and uh, about graphics cards because I just want a new graphics card for my computer. Uh, And the graphics card I want is supposed to retail for, I think, $499. It's an RTX 3070 uh, or 3080. And I would, I would settle for either one. I'd really like to have a 3090 Ti. I mean, a 3080 Ti. I can't afford a 3090. A 3090 is like 15, 1600 bucks. But if you step down to like a 3080, I think they were supposed to be 699. And then if you get a 3070, like 599 or 499, somewhere in that ballpark, they're selling for like $3,000, two or $3,000 because there's such a shortage of them. Uh, because of the pandemic. So if you go on eBay and you type in G or RTX 3080, there'll be like $2,200, $2,700. It's insane. And there's supposed to be no more than like $699 retail. Meaning if you walked into Best Buy, if Best Buy had them and you walked into Best Buy, you should be able to buy one for like $699, which I used to think was expensive. I used to look at that and go, eh, I think I'll go for 3070, which is 499. But now I've looked at the prices for so long with them being two or three thousand dollars. When I see one sell on eBay for like seven fifty or eight fifty, eight hundred and fifty dollars, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe it sold for that cheap. And that's almost twice what the retail price is. So yeah, it's uh it's pretty crazy the market right now and so many things is so astronomical and housing is the same way. Especially if you get into these cities uh like Austin and these different cities anywhere in Florida, like where GT is. I know he used to be in Orlando, but I think he moved to Naples. But these places where people are moving from like New York or moving New Yorkers are moving to Florida, Californians are moving to Texas and Arizona. Matilda says the cost of living is supposed to be much less in Tennessee and there's no state income tax. My pension will go further for sure. Yeah, exactly. Same with Texas. There's no state income tax. And, you know, you know, California, unless you live like out in the IE or somewhere, it's going to be hard to get a decent house. The closer to the, to the I say, the, I always tell people the closer to the beach you get, the more the more the more the real estate gets the closer to the shore you get the further away from the shore you get the cheaper it gets but it's uh it's still not cheap you get out to riverside and corona and out in those areas you can find some decent track homes you know for you know four hundred three four hundred thousand i guess but if you're living out in that area of california you might as well live like in vegas or texas or you know i mean it's i mean chattanooga is a lot prettier than Riverside. Uh, Matilda says the DMV fees are much less too. Only cost forty five bucks to get a, exactly. So this is crazy that you br- that you bring that up, Matilda. So a friend of mine, she moved from uh, California here to Texas, and her car registration on I think she has. I'm just going to throw this out there because I don't remember exactly what kind of car she has, but I think she has. It's not even like a luxury car. I think she has like a. I don't know. She has like a 2017 Honda Accord or like a Nissan Altima or something like that. 
it's like a mid-range car. You know, it's not like a it's not like a Lexus or a Mercedes or BMW or anything like that. Her registration fees in California were six hundred and ninety-five dollars a year. She moved to Texas, and they're like seventy-eight dollars a year. It's insane. And I was looking at a thing the other day and it was saying that this tax system thing, and I was going to bring it up because in California, we pay the most money. Our, our fuel prices are taxed the most and we pay the most money for taxes for infrastructure, for like the highway, for like the roads, you know, the bridges, the overpasses We're we pay the highest in the nation. There's no other state, not even New York, that tops us when it comes to taxes for our infrastructure, which is understandable. California is the most populous state. So that makes a lot of sense, right? The thing that doesn't make sense is our roads rate 47th. There's 50 states. Our roads in California rank 47th. We're almost dead last. The roads in California are so bad, they're dangerous. They're literally dangerous. And uh, we pay more taxes than anybody. So I don't know where all that money goes. It's just more political bureaucracy for taxes, 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 when I don't know where that money goes because it damn sure ain't going into the roads because they just did a 60-cent fuel increase tax from 2019 they increased the fuel prices 60 cents for the roads because they needed more money for the roads. They ain't done shit on any road. The only road I've seen them do anything to is I-5, and it's been under construction for the last five years. They never finish it. They're always working on the exact same part of the damn road. I used to wonder when I first moved out here, I watched them. I was living in downtown Long Beach, and it it, I, I was living in downtown Long Beach and it was before. Now, Long Beach has come up. I was talking about that this weekend with some people uh, about how much Long Beach, downtown Long Beach has come up. It is being gentrified. It's really on the come up. It's really getting nice. Uh, before long, it's going to be like Hermosa Beach or Manhattan Beach or even maybe it'll reach Santa Monica status one day. The only problem with that is nobody, it'll be like Santa Monica. Only the, you know, few will be able to live there because it'll be too expensive. And, um, I lost my train of thought. What was I talking about? But anyway, yeah. Oh, Long Beach is coming up. So when I moved to downtown Long Beach, they were building this little loft. I think they're called, as a matter of fact, I think they're called LB Lofts or something like that. And they're right downtown, I think on Long Beach Boulevard. And it's only, I think they are maybe four stories tall, maybe five, but I think it's a four story multiplex. Uh you know, it's not even a skyscraper. It's not even a mid-rise. A mid-rise is, I think, seven stories is considered a mid-rise. So they're not even a mid-rise. They're like, it's just a multifamily, but it's all lofts. It's all these like chic lofts, but they're not very big. They're pretty small. I think they're like 800, maybe 1,100 square feet for like the largest one. But I don't even think they have 1,100 square feet, but they're called LB lofts, if I remember right. It took them like five years to build this building. And I could not figure out for the life of me why it took them so long to build that freaking building. And then I finally, one day it dawned on me because in, in, in when I moved from Dallas, 
dude, they'd put up a 70 story building in, in a year and a half, a year. Like one day you'd drive by and the ground's broken. You'd drive by like a month later and it's 30 stories in the air. And then you drive by another three or four, four months later. And it's, it's, they're finishing the top of the building. You're like, Jesus, that building went from nothing to done in like a year. And in California, it takes them so freaking long and I couldn't figure out what it was. And then one day it dawned on me that they have to earthquake proof anything that they build out here, especially if it's tall. So I guess, and this is my own, I don't know this for a fact. It's just what I came up with. It's the only thing I could figure out that could take them so long to build something out here is they've got to be earth. They've got to earthquake proof it, which in Texas, they don't, they don't have to worry about that. So maybe that's why their construction is so slow. I don't know. I think that's it. Because uh, I do know they have to go into a lot more detail into foundation and stuff like that. And I know some of these buildings are even put on huge rollers or ball bearings or whatever. So if the ground starts moving, the, the bottom base of the building will literally just roll around in the, in the base of the building and the foundation. They put like this big cement uh, built around. And then they have the, the building is literally sitting on these bear, these ball bearing type rollers. And so if an earthquake hits the building as the building, instead of the building tilting and, 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 and bending the whole foundation of the building just kind of rolls around in its base, which is actually brilliant, but that's the only reason I can think it takes them so long and so expensive to build out here. Uh, Matilda says sanctuary state crap. Yep. That's a big part of it. It's all going to the homeless outreach programs. Yes. And uh, sanctuary state crap. Exactly. Like you said, it's good to hear your voice again. I miss it. Oh, Matilda. That's so nice of you to say that. I'm so glad to see you. I was wondering about you and where you went and what happened. I don't know if I offended you or, or something. I know you had asked me in the comments on my video I did for a gaming thing. Uh, that you had asked me if, uh, cause I did a call of duty gaming thing and you had asked me that if I thought it was, uh, going to be offensive to some people because it was kind of, I guess there's violence in the video game. So I thought I was hoping I didn't offend you by that comment or whatever. Just so you know, that guy, I rethought that and I started a whole different gaming channel. Now it's called Rue rock gaming. I just started it. So there's a, so that's where I'm going to put all my gaming stuff instead on this channel. Prolific invention. Good to see you, man. Everything is open here with almost no restrictions or cove hoops to jump through. But many restaurants are keeping dining closed due to the cost savings and employee shortages, which is reaching critically. Where are you at, Prolific? Are you in here? Are you here in L.A.? I don't even know where you're at, buddy. Everything's opening up, man. I was in Hollywood this weekend and it was popping, dude. It was going off. There was people everywhere. Now, the one thing that's not open in Hollywood. Now, I saw a buddy of mine uh, that I know from, I say he's a buddy, but he's not really, I've never met him in person. I've just talked to him. Uh, I've just talked to him on Clubhouse, but he's here in LA and he's like a big uh, producer, movie producer and stuff. And he's out and about all the time in Hollywood and he showed his I saw his Instagram story and he was in the club this weekend somewhere in LA. He's like everything. His, his caption was LA's open again. And he was at a nightclub and it was packed. There was probably 
five, 600 people from him just taking his phone, moving across the crowd. It was packed. Oh, you're in Michigan. Sorry, buddy. I didn't get all the way through it. Uh, I'll look at my list. So where, where are you at in Michigan prolific invention? You know, random nomad, when he's in here, he's in Wisconsin. So you guys aren't too far. You guys aren't too far apart. No more face panties. I call them, I call that's funny. You call them face panties. I call them face diapers or yeah, face blankies. No more face panties, but massive employee shortage and goods shortage. Grand Rapids. I've been to Grand Rapids many times. Yep. So we're having that same problem here uh, in LA. Uh, with shortages of stuff. It's kind of weird because I go into the 7-Eleven right down here by me uh, and I go in there and it's weird to go into a 7-Eleven and they, the stock in the 7-Eleven is just barren, I guess is the word you would use. It's just pretty barren, like just random stuff like chips that I usually get there and, you know, like tortilla chips that I usually get at the 7-Eleven. They don't have them. They're out. Uh, another thing that has been off out of stock for months now is my dog's food. I had this very specific food that I bought him that's in a box and it's these little baggies and you just open the little baggie and pour the wet food out and then he has dry food. So I would mix them up, but the, the wet food and the little baggies, they don't have them. They're out. And I've been getting pedigree because pedigree that pedigree dog food has pretty close to the same thing, but it's not as much in the bag and it's harder to get out of the bag. So, but anyway, I haven't been able to find that his dog food for probably two and a half months now. Baron is the right word, prolific convention. Man, I haven't been to Michigan and God, the last time I was in Detroit, let's go to Detroit. The last time I was in Detroit, the car plants were still in business that you can go watch YouTube videos now of all of these barren car plants that are just a, these huge complexes of uh, these ginormous buildings that are just set in barren and graffiti and everything. They were all still in business. This was Oh man, what was you? What was the last year that I was in Michigan? Probably right after 9 11, because I used to work up there all the time, and 9 11 pretty much killed that. So it was probably about 2001, 2002. God, that's damn near 20 years ago. 20 years ago. I can't even believe that. But I used to work there all the time, man, from all the way from, uh, I worked in Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Detroit, and uh, Michigan. And all the way from, I'm trying to remember, south of Detroit, what was the first city I would start in? But I would go all the way up. Uh, I'd go to Grand Rapids, Ann Arbor, Flint, and work my way up the state north and get all the way up to uh, Harbor City. Sometimes I get Wisconsin and Michigan mixed up. But I get all the way up to... Uh, Oh man, Hanover. Can't remember the last city that I would go before I would get on the. Uh, oh my God, what's the big bridge that goes over? It's like the biggest. It's bigger than the Golden Gate Bridge. The uh, God, I've crossed that bitch so many times. Traverse City. There you go. 
uh, I would go across the big bridge. Uh, God, what is the name of the bridge? <clears throat> Over to the up the UP, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and then I would take Route Nine, I think. God, this is twenty years ago, man. The Mackinac Bridge. Yes, the Mackinac Bridge. I crossed the Mackinac Bridge, and then it's crazy. That is a crazy-ass bridge. I'm not even kidding. I know people drive across that bridge on a daily basis and don't think a thing about it. Now, I've been across the Golden Gate Bridge many, many, many times, and I've, I've rode across the Golden Gate on my Harley. It's just another bridge. That Mackinac Bridge is on a different level. Look it up on, if you want to do something interesting, if you're, if you're into details, look the Mackinac Bridge up compared to the Golden Gate Bridge. Because everybody talks about how magnificent and how huge the Golden Gate Bridge is. Now, don't get me wrong. It's a big-ass bridge. Look the Golden Gate up compared to the Mackinac. The Mackinac is like this, and the Golden Gate is like this. The Mackinac Bridge is huge. It's the largest, if I'm not mistaken, this could have changed. They could have built a new bridge somewhere in, in the United States. But as far as I'm concerned, or I used to know, it was the largest expansion bridge in the United States. And I went across that bridge a couple of times in this little uh, Avico box truck that I used to have that I used to drive up there when I was working up there. And when you were beat, it was too late before you were getting on the bridge, you would start to go Gaylord. I'd be leaving Gaylord and I'd go up and get on the bridge and there would be a warning telling you if you're in any kind of light truck or anything, you might not want to go across the bridge because the winds are, could blow you off the bridge or blow you over. And I remember the first time going across thinking, what? I've been through Texas in this truck, man, and the wind's blowing 70 miles an hour. The wind ain't going to do anything. Man, I got up at the top of that bridge, and my knuckles were white as they could be, man. I was getting blown all over that bridge, and everybody, even people in cars, were getting blown all over the bridge. So you literally just, you didn't want to stop completely because you felt like if you completely stopped, you'd get blown over. So people would just literally crawl along at the top of that bridge. It was crazy. Prolific Avenger says, I have two driven box trucks across. Yep. You know, I'm not, it wasn't like that every time I crossed that bridge. I've crossed that bridge probably 15 or 20 times, maybe 25 times and only two times. And one time it was about three o'clock in the morning. Uh, and it was windy when I left out of Gaylord. Uh, and then I was like, yeah, it'll be, that was the first time I went across when it was windy. So I remember the last time I was up there and it was windy. And I think they said like the winds were even moderate on the bridge. I was like, nah, we'll be staying in Gaylord tonight. It's supposed to be the wind's supposed to let up in the morning. I'm not doing that again. And then I, you, uh, it was winter time. So I get across the bridge and this little truck I'm in is not the most, I mean, I, it never broke down on me, but I always felt like it was going to, uh, it was a European Avico, which is like a, it's a huge truck in Europe. I mean, there are a manufacturer Avico in like v Avico in Europe is probably like Kenworth in the United States or Freightliner. There's tons of them, but you'd never hardly see them in the United States. But I bought it because it was a little three-cylinder diesel that I could run on uh, veggie oil uh, when I bought it. Uh, but I never converted it and used it for that. And it just always ended up just putting a regular diesel in it. But uh, it was an air-cooled diesel. And uh, 
I mean, it, it got great fuel mileage, and I drove it all over the United States. Uh, I mean, from South Dakota to, no, I never took it to, the one place I never took it was the Montana, because way too many mountains up there. But uh, yeah, but anyway, I come off the bridge, and if you go over there in the wintertime, it's crazy because they have this one route, this one, it's like a two-lane foresty country road that runs through the upper peninsula. Uh, from one end of it to the other, like you'd come off the bridge, the Mackinac bridge, and I would take it around to Escanaba, which is so funny. Cause I, first time I pulled into Escanaba, uh, I was telling people, I was telling somebody on the phone, they're like, where are you at? I was like, I just pulled into this little town called es- Esco Canada, Es Canada. <laughs> and some local goes, Hey, it's, es- it's es- Escanaba or something like that. I was like, Oh, cause they have a water tower in the middle of town that says S E S Canada. It's spelled Canada. It's, I guess it's pronounced Escanaba or something. So anyway, and then I'd leave there and go to Iron Mountain, Michigan, which would be going back South. And then I would jump across to like Appleton, Wisconsin and Grand Rapids, Wisconsin, and go down to Manitowoc and all the way down to Milwaukee and then work my way back over to Minneapolis, Minnesota. So I've been all through that country many, many, many times. So anyway, I come off the bridge in the wintertime. And if you break down, there's six foot of snow, literally six foot of snow. You're driving through this tunnel of snow because they have a plow that keeps that road. They try to keep it open, but evidently sometimes they have to close it because of the snow. But I was up there. I think the last time I went through there was what year was it? 2003 2004 maybe because they had had record snowfall that year at that time that had over 86 inches of snow at that time which at that time was the record for michigan that never had that much snow and i got up there to the up and i'm driving along in my little box truck and looking out and literally not even three four foot from my truck when I'm driving 65 miles an hour or whatever, 55, 65, whatever I was driving through there, there's a solid wall of snow, which was ice. And I was like, man, if you break down, you're just here. You're going to be blocking the entire lane. And somebody's probably going to run into you from behind because when you're driving through the UP in the winter time, uh, for some reason, there's a lot of fog up there. So you'd get fogged, there'd be fog, you'd be riding along there, and it'd be just as clear as clear as clear could be. And then I said, boop, it's like you're in a cloud flying on an airplane. You'd drive into some little town and there'd be fog. I'll never forget though, uh, when I started, when I was working up there or going through there, because I, what I would do is I would be working like in Gaylord was my last stop. I go across the Mackinac Bridge and then across the UP of, of Michigan, but I had no business in the UP. My next stop was Iron Mountain, which is all the way across the upper peninsula of Michigan. So, uh, I could, the first few times I went up there, I just flew through the UP. I mean, I didn't even stop except to get fuel, to get the hell out of there, to get to my next stop. But then I realized one day I pulled into a gas station. I was like, man, it is really nice up here. Uh, 
I think I'm just going to get a motel room because they have these little towns. They're these little mountain towns or these little forest towns. And there's really nothing there, but maybe like a gas station, an old school, old timey motel, and maybe a convenience store and the gas station, but it's, and maybe where they sell firewood and uh, where they sell stuff for ice fishing. And it's very, there's not a whole lot in any little town up there that you stop in. It's just one of those little towns that's right on the, the side of the road. And I pulled in and to get gas, I got gas and I looked back behind the gas station and there's like this little quaint, it looked like something out of a movie, you know, kind of, it kind of looked like a, a horror movie, but it's something out of a horror movie. There's like these little, this little cottage motel that with each room is its own little cottage. And if you get out to Amboy, California, they have the same kind of stuff out there, but it's all abandoned. So I thought to myself, like, man, I'm in no hurry. Why don't I just, why don't I just freaking stop for the night and just, I was tired. I was getting sleepy. And the last thing you want to do is be driving across the UP of Michigan when you're sleepy. Uh, because there's a good chance you'll go to sleep because there's not a lot to see. You're just going to see in the same terrain the whole time, like the lakes over to the left of you, like Michigan. And then it's just like forestry stuff on the right. And uh, this was in this, this was more in the summertime. This wasn't when it was snowing. So I thought to myself, you know, I never come through here when it's not snowing or if it's not cold or wintertime. So it's nice right now. It's probably like 65 degrees, 70 degrees. It was summer. I was like, I think I'm just going to stay here for the night and I'll get up and continue my journey in the morning if they have a room. So I go over to see if they have any vacancies and lo and behold, every single room was vacant. They didn't have one room that was occupied. So the little lady, it was like this little lady, she's probably 65 years old that owned the motel. She's like, honey, any room you want, you can have any one you want. And I was like, well, which, which one's like the most, you know, like, cause they were kind of in the woods and she goes, why don't you walk around out there and come back and tell me which one you want. I was like, okay. So I went and walked around and kind of looked. And then there was this one way down to the end, not quite to the end that had a patio and everything. And so I was like, oh, this one's perfect. Cause I can sit out here and mess with my laptop and, you know, uh, check stuff on my laptop. And so I go back and I tell her the one I want, I pay for it. She get, gives me an old school key. No, no, no credit card key. She gives me a key key. And I think I had to pay like a $5 deposit for the key or whatever, maybe 15. I don't remember what it was. So I gave her the deposit for the key and she goes now in the morning, honey, just bring me the key back and I'll give you your deposit back. I'm like, yep, no problem. She put it in one of those old school, my deposit, one of those old school Manila, uh, like your, like your, you know, for all of us old folks, like your uh, report card came in the little skinny one though. And she wrote my name and the number on it. And that was my key deposit. And I was like, man, this is like being transferred back into the seventies. So anyway, I go down to my room, I get all, I un unlock the door knob. It's like, everything's like old. I mean, like we're talking about 60s, 70s old, the door knobs, everything. So it was like being right back in time. I go in my room and the very first thing that I notice, number one, there's no TV not like an old school CRT tube TV or there's no TV at all. There's not a TV in the room. 
I was like, huh, that's weird. So I go, I was going to call the front office and ask her like, huh, you know, there's no TV in the room. And then I go to the the night table. There's no telephone. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So as soon as I seen there wasn't a telephone in the room, I knew that there wouldn't be no TV. So at first, I, for a split second, now keep in mind, this was 2004, probably two, th- 2003, 2004, maybe 2002. I don't remember. But for a split second, when I noticed there was no TV, as soon as I opened the door, I looked to see what kind of TV the room had because I was expecting some old CRT, big old a monstrosity tube TV. Uh, maybe with a stereo or something in it, like my grandmother used to have her a freaking record player, but there's no TV at all. So for a split second, I was like, oh my God, there's no TV in here. What am I going to do? And then I looked to go call to see maybe if my room just didn't have a TV and there's no telephone, none, you know, cause I, I've never checked into a place where you couldn't just call the front desk and go, Hey, can I get like a wake up call or, Hey, can uh, I get some room service? Hey, can I get something? You know, there's a telephone for everything you want in the, in the place you're staying. There's no telephone. So I was like, huh, that's kind of crazy. So anyway, I put my laptop down. So I was like, okay, if there's no telephone, there's no internet. So I don't have to call about Wi-Fi. I can tell you already, there's no freaking Wi-Fi up here in BFE. So then for a split second, I was like, huh, did I make the right choice? Maybe I shouldn't have done this. And so I set my, 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 I used to carry a briefcase that one of those ever, they used to be really cool. Everybody used to have one that you carried your laptop in. It looked like a, it looked like luggage, but it was really like a, it was your laptop suitcase thing. I don't even know what they were called, but I used to ever, but we all used to have to have one, a, Sam, a Samson or you know, it was, it was like a briefcase, but it had this padded area for your laptop. Nobody even uses those anymore. I remember going to Office Depot and looking at them and just standing there for 30 minutes trying to figure out which one I wanted, which one I had to have. This one was $86.99. That one's $79.99. I would look at them. This one's got a magnet. We don't even use, nobody uses those anymore. I haven't seen one in years. And I used to have to always have one. So funny. But anyway, I set my little, my little Samson, uh, Samson laptop briefcase down with my IBM ThinkPad and all my work stuff in there. And I was like, well, I can't get any work done or I can't get a hold of the office because I'm not going to have a telephone and, I, and my cell phone didn't work. I even, I had a cell phone and it didn't work. So I was like, huh, what am I going to do? So I set my stuff down. I was like, you know what? I'll take a shower, be clean. And, uh, cause I've been working all day. So I took a shower. Um, uh, and I was, I was drying my hair, the, I remembered the patio. So I opened the curtains, old school curtains that you pull those strings and the curtains open like the red sea, uh, like for Moses and you get, and they're like thick, uh, the curtains look like something, you know, that right out of the seventies, they're like a chocolate brown and gold color plaid women color. I'll never forget. And then it's got like a sheer white curtain on the inside. So you could open the, the blackout curtains and then you could have like a sheer, like a wedding dress. So I opened the curtains up and I realized, man, I'm standing there looking directly into the forest. So I was like, Ooh, so I opened the doors and old French doors. I open the doors and I step out there 
and there's some a little table with a seating area and i sat down there and i'm just sitting there and uh i was like huh I'm going to get some to drink. And I remember I had like, I always carried a cooler that plugged in the cigarette lighter. So I went and got me like a soda or something. And I'm just sitting there looking at the forest and uh, it's like, Oh, well, this is why you don't need a TV. This is better than a TV. And I'm sitting there for a few minutes and out of the woods walks a, like a mama deer and a couple of baby deers. And then there was a buck and there ended up being like this little herd of deer of about I don't know, there's five, maybe five or six deer and they were beautiful white tailed deer. Like I'm from Texas, you know, we have these big mule deer. Uh, they're not the prettiest deer. These are Bambi deer. You know, these are white, beautiful white tailed deer. Like you see in the movies, you know, the pretty with a little, you know, the little white specks on their, on their bottoms with the, be- the, the cute white tail with the, the buck head, you know, he's probably like a, three or four point buck, uh, big antlers and the mama deer. And, uh, I thought to myself, Oh, I probably shouldn't move. Cause I didn't want to spook them. Cause usually if deer are around and they sense a human, they they're gone. And because of this hotel motel and these, I guess people feed them. So they really weren't that spooked by me. Cause I move around a lot and they were, they were not right to my patio. They were probably, probably 15 yards away, maybe 15, 20 yards away, right at the edge of the tree line. And then there was like this gap of like grass, this grassy area. And then you hit, and then you got into the forest and they just kind of stepped right out of the forest, I guess, to see if I was going to feed them or if I had something to offer them. And then they stayed there for probably about 15 minutes. I just started going about my business. You know, I was watching them and and then I'd go into the, my motel room, come back out. They were still there. And then I went in one time and came out and they were all gone. So it was really, really cool. And uh, really a memory that I'll cherish forever because it was uh, so funny. Because And the, the, the thing I realized the next morning when I left there, I was a little sad to leave. Uh, the, ne- the thing, because I just got to unplug for that night. Uh, it was a little, it was a little, uh, what's the word? It was a little, uh, alarming because I couldn't call my wife. I would always call my wife. I was married at the time. So I'd always call my wife at night and let her know that I made it to a hotel. I was safe. Everything was good because I was traveling and she would get alarmed if I didn't call. So I didn't call her because I didn't have a phone, didn't have any cell service. So, uh, I stopped the next morning and gave her a call to let her know all was good. And she's like, Oh my God, I was worried about you. But anyway, uh, when I left there the next morning, I realized like I was so happy that there wasn't a TV in that room because I know at that time in my life, if there had been a TV in that room, I would have had the TV on and I would have just been sitting on the bed, you know, like with my clothes on just, you know, how you do in a hotel, you just kind of sit on the bed, uh, you know, with your back propped up against where the pillows go, uh, watching TV. And that's what I would have been doing. And I had such this little random moment by myself, uh, nobody with me, nobody to talk to just me by myself. But I was just so with nature, not in nature. You know what I mean? I was like, I was like immersed in nature, but I was in a freaking like $29.99 a night motel room from like the fifties. But, uh, yeah, it was such a, such a cool little experience. And I remember getting back to Dallas and trying to tell my wife and, you know, nobody got it. 
everybody I try to tell, oh my God, I ran it out for you. I found this little hotel in the upper peninsula of Michigan. It was like being in a movie and nobody got it. Let's jump back in here and see what you guys have to say. Prolific Invention said there's also a lot of primitive campsites up there. You know, I was working, so I didn't see any of those. Uh, Matilda says horror movie stuff. Sounds a little scary. Yeah, it actually kind of was because, uh, I mean, it wasn't scary. I wasn't scared or anything, but it was just weird because all of the stuff, you know, the lady that owned the motel, I figured it was probably her and her husband or, you know, maybe her husband had passed away, but I kind of got the feeling that they had probably owned that hotel for like decades. You know what I mean? Uh, Cause like their house was part of the motel and it was the main house where the office was, should I say? So like when she left, she just walked back to her house. She went through the little door and she was back in her house. Um, and the office closed at eight o'clock. So if you needed anything after eight, you were SOL unless it was an emergency. And they had like this bell thing on the outside of the deal that said, uh, for emergencies only don't ring unless it's an emergency. But all of this stuff in that motel was literally from like the 70s, 60s, 70s. It had like paneling on the walls, you know, like from the 70s. Uh, but it was cool. Uh, prolific Invention, let's see. Prolific Invention says, if you're prepared, the UP is amazing. If you're not, you can get quite screwed. Yeah, I can actually see that because it's right up there on the Canadian border. Another night I remember going through there. I had this really nice Ranger CB. It was actually a two-way ham radio that's disguised as a CB, which are illegal to use if you don't have a license for them. I don't have it anymore, but back in then I had it. And uh, the reason they were illegal is because it looks like a regular CB, but you could talk 30, 40 miles, sometimes 50 miles away. Uh, and I was talking to a trucker that was up in Canada when I was going through the UP and he was actually from the United States, but he was in Canada. So we were talking back and forth and I was telling him where I was. And it was, like I said, two or three, it may have been the same. I think it was that exact same night that, uh, I almost got blown off the Mackinac bridge. So, but it was, it's a beautiful area up there. Prolific Invention says, I like to go to Copper Harbor and mine copper in the tourist attractions for that. They bring a ton of ore out of the mine for you to dig through and prospect. I usually find a hundred to $2,000 worth of copper. Wow. That's amazing. They charge a $50 scoop of the loader. It almost always pays off, man. That sounds like a good time they do that a lot in arizona and even here in california you know the the uh, 49ers you know california was basically founded on mining gold so there's a lot of mines and stuff around california but you see more of it in arizona the problem is uh, you can go out and prospect and stuff like out in the mojave desert there's a ton of places this prospect out there you ain't going to find Jack too many people, too many people have already been over that stuff. You're not going to find much of anything. So being able to find a hundred to 200 to $2,000 worth of copper, that 
that would make it worthwhile. Here you pay like a prospector fee for the prospector that's going to take you out. And it's basically just like a tourist thing. Cause you're going to go out, you're going to dig and you're going to pan for gold or you're going to pan for whatever you're panning for. And you're probably not going to find diddly squat. You're just going to find sediment over and over and over. Matilda says, prolific invention. I'll take your word for it. I've been in, I've been in SoCal my whole life. We don't have seasons here. You're going to have seasons in uh, Chattanooga. That's for sure. It gets cold in the wintertime, Matilda. You'll have fun. Prolific invention says, raw copper can be sold to artists on eBay and on Etsy. Yes, that's very true. I actually have a friend of mine. Uh, you may know she goes by Muddy. Uh, her name is Chelsea Vicari. She has a YouTube channel called Vicari, V-I-C-A-R-I. And uh, she's got a very popular Etsy store these days. That's what she basically does for a living now is that she's making lots of money on Etsy. Uh, rumor has it like 10 grand a month or something like that. And uh, so she makes a lot of stuff. I don't know if she does any copper stuff, but I've seen a lot of copper artistry. So I know exactly what you're talking about. You could probably make you could probably make a living doing that prolific invention. Well, all right, guys, we are eight minutes past the hour. Usually try to keep this to right around an hour. I usually go about 10 to 15 minutes over. So we're going to start wrapping it up. Matilda, it was so good to see you, girl. So happy you're doing good and happy to hear that uh, you've been out traveling and you're headed after living in your, your whole life in California and Southern California. You are moving to Chattanooga, Tennessee, which is crazy. You're going to love it. I have a friend of mine. She just moved to North Carolina. As a matter of fact, Chelsea Ficari, she's in North Carolina now. Uh, you know, two different states, still same dichotomy, still the territory. If you see the trees and stuff, they still kind of same seasons and stuff. Uh, even though they're completely two different states. Prolific Convention says, I know, I know her great channel. Yeah, you do know her. Yeah, she has a great channel. Check out her TikTok. She's gotten really big. I don't know if you're into TikTok. Uh, I'm not a big TikToker. You know, I thought it was for kids, but there's some really interesting stuff on TikTok. It's not just all dance videos. And Chelsea's got a really good TikTok video. Another person, I mean, TikTok channel. Another person that's got an amazing TikTok channel is my kid friend, Paul Barger, the bread trucker. So if you haven't seen Paul's TikTok channel, he's a lot more wrapped up in his TikTok channel now than he is YouTube. He's, I think he's making more money off of uh, TikTok than he does YouTube. And he's been pretty successful with YouTube, but he's got, I don't know, a hundred or 200,000 subscribers on TikTok or followers. Uh, Matilda says, thanks, Ralph. Looking forward to catching up with the channel. Thank you, Matilda. I really appreciate that. I've been kind of neglecting it since it got demonetized. I haven't really put my, you know, kind of took the, like I said, took the heart and soul away from it. It just kind of took my uh, ambition away, away, if that makes sense. But I still do it because, uh, I don't know, I like talking to you guys and I miss you guys. And uh, it's just a way for, even though I'm back to working now, it gives me it's still i'm not working all the time so it gives me i feel like i'm being productive does that make sense so that's why i'm keeping it up and i enjoy it but anyway guys that's going to do it for this show thank you so much for tuning in prolific convention matilda 
I wonder where, uh, it's so funny because Random Nomad, I finally got his freaking headset sent out and I was going to give him the tracking number for it. And he must still be working tonight. I know he's working a lot now too. It's kind of funny because when none of us were working, I would have 15, 20 people watching, but I think everybody's back to real life now. And I know California is opening back up and getting back to real life and it's nice, but I will say on the other hand, being stuck in traffic fr- uh, Thursday, last Thursday, I was like, oh man, the pandemic is over. There were certain little things I don't want to get going again, but there were certain little things about the pandemic that I absolutely loved. Two of them really quick was no traffic. You could drive anywhere in LA you wanted to drive. And people that are not from LA don't understand that. I came back Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, I came back 32 miles, 33 miles, maybe 35 miles. I had to drive from Hollywood back to Fullerton. Traffic, 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 traffic on a Sunday. So I know people, my peeps in Dallas, they bitch and they complain about Dallas traffic. Oh my God, Dallas traffic. People don't understand about Dallas traffic. What Dallas people in Dallas don't understand is their Monday morning high, high traffic is our Sunday in LA. So I had to fight traffic, miles and miles of traffic on Sunday to get back to my office here in Fullerton. I don't miss the traffic. I loved being able to just get on. If I wanted to go somewhere, I just go. There was nobody on the freeways. You could go anywhere. And if, if you looked and it was 30 miles, you could be there in 20 minutes instead of two hours. Uh, so like the other day when I left my office, I had a 9.30 call time. Nine nine o'clock call time. I left an hour and a half to get there to Hollywood. It took me two hours. I was 30 minutes late. Yeah. So traffic, because I wasn't expecting traffic to be as heavy as it was. I wasn't expecting full on LA traffic again, uh, but it was full on LA traffic. So I ended up being half hour late because I gave myself an hour and a half to drive 35 miles <clears throat> when I needed two hours to drive 30, about 35 miles. Anyway, uh, and the other thing really quick is my little restaurant right here where I usually get my takeout food, I could just walk in there and order. And I mean, I've been eating there the entire time I've been in this office and 90% of the time I would go in there and be the only person in there getting takeout. There would not be another person in there. I could walk in, walk right to the counter, order my food, wait five minutes, have it and be out. Now I go in there and I have to wait. There's 20 people in front of me. I got to stand and wait. There's a 15 minute wait list. I'm like, oh my God. So it's weird that there are things about the pandemic that I'm going to miss. As crazy as that sounds, I already miss them, but uh, it's good to be back to real life. And it's good for all of us to get rid of the face panties and, and get back to living life and going back to work and being productive and living like real human beings again. And with that being said, remember guys, Keep looking up because that's where it all is. And we will see you guys back here Friday, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, hopefully. And if not, have a great week, guys. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.